This episode of Blushers Breakaway is brought to you by you, the listener. We couldn't do it without you. You go to patreon.com slash blueshirtsbreakaway, support us, get access to our Discord, BSBOT episodes, and more. Today we have a very fun show where Greg drops a hypothetical on me of trading for a certain name we've talked about a lot on the show. Not No, not Jack Eichel. And uh, what, what he would trade for that. We talk about the possible shutdown and how the NHL should handle it because we have to. Uh, that's what we are. We are dumb people, by the way, so please don't listen to us too carefully. And then uh, we do talk about the Vegas game and what the Rangers should do next. And we also have our friend Rob Luker on. He does a great job on Twitter uh, for breaking down analytics and other things like that. Very fun show. A lot of fun questions. So without further ado, let's get to Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the week of the Bushers Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Gregory Kaplan. And Greg, say hello. Could you imagine the scenario? It would... Let me put it this way, Ryan. Uh-huh. Let me see if I can, I can thread this needle in the wording. Sure. If I had told you that David Quinn was likely to be the Team USA head coach before March 12th, 2019, your response would have been... I can't believe Only we've won a cup. A world like, crippling pandemic. Yeah, wow, I can't believe things worked out so well when we won the cup five years in advance. Like that's incredible that David Quinn did that. It's the only way I can see him being the Olympic coach, right? <laughs> it's if you told me in March of twenty nineteen that this is the world we'd be living in in December of twenty twenty one. Oh God. Boy. Boy, I might have made, might have changed some decisions in my life. To be honest with you, uh, but here we are recording a podcast about the New York Rangers. There is a shutdown uh, currently, uh, as of right now, uh, six forty-nine p.m. on a Monday night. As Greg and I record this, there was rumors that there might be a league-wide shutdown. As of right now, there are only seven games left before the Christmas break. To me, Gregory, maybe you see this different. I don't see what the point of playing those seven games are uh, until they figure out the rules and how they're going to be moving forward. It's been a really strange situation for me because I'm a uh, I don't really know what the option is. Round one of COVID and, and shutdown, I was like, all right, very pro shutdown. Obviously, we're going to wait for this vaccine to get ready. Once this vaccine's out, we can kind of get things rolling again. Uh, there was, like, all these precautions and everything. But the uh, the Omicron bad guy virus, Cole thing, um, seemingly is so goddamn strong and contagious that I, I really don't know how you um, move forward. Uh, I know the NFL is currently just going to not test somebody. Or unless unless they have symptoms, they're not going to test. And I, 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 when I first read that, I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever read. And then like a day later, I was like, I think this might be the only way. And I'm really struggling with that. And I think you are too. Well, let me start by saying something that should be obvious, but I want to make sure it's obvious. Get boosted? Not just that. Duh. Get vaccinated, get boosted. Yeah. But you and I are just 32-year-old schmucks. Oh, yeah. This is important. We're not health professionals. Not microbiologists. Our opinion on this topic is just that. We are not saying this is what anyone should do or shouldn't do. And, and you don't come here for this either. Field, We're just talking about hockey. Yeah. yeah. If, if anyone in the medical field says, no, this is what we should do, listen to them, maybe. <laughs> Probably. Definitely. Probably a good idea. We're, if a health professional says X, that's what it should be. It, it, you know, we, we, we talk about... Everyone has an opinion on COVID, but 
imagine if it was something a little bit more serious. Or, I don't want to say more serious, but imagine <laughs> well, we were, Gregory. <laughs> imagine we were. I, I just I don't know what. If you had pneumonia, right? Uh, that's coming and a, to you. A health professional or a doctor said, "Here's what you should do with pneumonia." You'd probably listen to them blindly. I think a broken arm is a better example in this situation. But yes, I don't. Oh, okay. All right, fine. Uh, I, <laughs> a, I mean, a broke a broken arm is physical pain. Got it. Got it. See, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I can see what you're saying now. All right. Yeah. Anyway, like, but yes, if you have a broken Ryan. If you have a broken arm, I can't catch a broken arm from you. That's correct. That's correct. In, oh, in this situation, no, you're correct. We're both 32-year-old dumb dumb dudes who have no idea what dudes. we're talking about, and we're just trying yes. to figure out how sports could go forward by being dumb dudes. Continue. Correct. Okay. So what? I'm 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 very conflicted, which Me is too. why I'm stumbling over my words here. Because first and foremost, it's not like the coronavirus is less serious today than it was in March of 2019. All of the issues that exist in 2019 they still exist today even though there's a vaccine you're better protected against it but it's still a super dangerous super contagious virus that could kill you and we simply just don't have enough data on for especially like the new variant yeah so it's tough because there is a part of me that wonders and 32 thoughts was talking about this today as well and i made I've been making sure to listen because of so much crazy shit going on that I need more esteemed hockey people. Mr. Friedman. Yeah. You know, the, the, the number twos, us number sixes can only say so much. The number two, right. The number two podcast. Yeah. They know, but number six podcast, we're still trying to figure it out. It's difficult because if you shut down, right. Yeah. The question is, all right, if you shut down, are you allowing the players to spread out, to leave, to do whatever they essentially want to do for the holidays, which seems counterproductive if it comes down to we're trying to limit exposure. So you're not having players expose other players, but you're the, you're not limiting how players could possibly get exposed. And I think it's also important that we are talking about human beings. I know we're saying that we want these guys about 60 70 more games this year however many games there are to entertain us on a nightly basis but if igor shesterkin wants to do something for christmas i don't feel like the guy to tell him don't you know what i'm saying yeah i I, I just i I don't know i don't know the problem with this variant is with enhanced protocols it doesn't seem to matter yeah it's kind of five times as as contagious as the most contagious virus of all time (laughs) and from what we from what we understand it's more contagious but what we know about viruses or at least what again a dumb 32 year old idiot knows about viruses smart is viruses will continue to mutate until it well forever first of all which is why there's a different flu shot every year ever but they continue to mutate in a way where the virus's goal is not necessarily to kill you because if you die, the virus dies. It's to live. The virus doesn't want to die. Um, but again, I, we're not necessarily there yet. I, I the test, the testing or not testing asymptomatic players is it, that's that's a hard one for me because because if you're if almost, you're contagious, like why why the fuck are we sending you out there? Not just not just that, but I feel like you're also playing with a, a virus currently. 
Yeah, not that. And I understand the players have played sick before. Like players have played through a lot less of weird serious, stuff. Less serious illnesses, a common cold or even a mild flu, people have played through. We can't call COVID that because we don't know. Even if you're asymptomatic, that doesn't mean COVID isn't wreaking havoc on your body. It, it just, you're not feeling right. it. Even if you don't have a headache and you feel fine, doesn't mean things aren't going on. To me, the, the, the message that sends, whether we think teams should be playing, there should be a shutdown or none of that, whether teams and leagues like it or not, they are a leader and a reflection of what a normal person would feel like they should be doing. And I feel like discouraging testing by saying if you're not having symptoms, you shouldn't get tested. That's the wrong message in, in, in my mind. Because say, I know a lot of our friends and I think us, well, you, I, I don't do shit. You know, I, it's not my holiday. But if you have Christmas plans and you're not feeling sick, you should still get tested before you go to those plans because you should know the state of your body before you expose it to other people. But if you're feeling fine and you keep hearing the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, all these leagues saying we're only testing symptomatic players, then you could possibly be spreading something that you, it, that it, again, not doesn't feel harmful to you. But it's about what it could be to someone else. That's why it's such a tough situation, and that's why these leagues have have to really, you know, I'm not gonna get them. Everyone, everyone knows how we feel about it. Get fucking boosted. It's not really a surprise here. Yeah. Um, try try and protect everyone you love as as best as possible. But I don't know. These leagues are gonna have to figure out exactly how they're gonna move forward because they, there's great economic impacts if they do shut down again. Um, obviously, you know. I, Lives are way more important than the salary cap, but they still have to figure out how that's going to work moving forward and how the players are going to pay back and all this shit, etc. So I would say shut down this league for two weeks. Um, the Rangers really don't miss much. If they shut down to the 27th, uh, which right now we're recording on the 20th, they would play the Red Wings on that Monday night, and then they would only miss one game versus Montreal. That's not a big deal for the New York Rangers. They're... No, but he, so here's, here's why I'm team no league-wide shutdown first and foremost for it, it seems like we're almost there anyway 30 percent of the teams are currently I was more than that there's so, six, six six seven games left that's it yeah there's one game there was supposed to be three games tonight now there's one i think there was supposed to be seven games tomorrow there are currently two so it, it's cool the, the thing for me is what does I, I shutting down individual teams allows the league to kind of control what those players can and can't do my it's not a fear. I don't want to say that. And it sounds just draconian that, like, if you shut down the league, these guys are going to go home. Some might travel abroad. And then you're not limiting their exposure. Whereas if you shut down individual teams, you're a little bit more hands-on with what to do with those teams, where those players can and can't go, how those players are getting tested. It, it, it seems like... I. I would just keep trying to play with the understanding that every night the game total might be zero and then hope that how you're controlling this on a team by team basis, we get to see the end of this rainbow after the new year. But I, I, I my fear is if you shut down the league, these guys scatter, you don't have good handles on what these guys are doing. If they're scattered, by the way, if you shut down the league, these guys should be able to do whatever the hell they want. 
I, the guy should really be able to do whatever the hell they want now and just understand the risks that are involved with that. Like any of us, if when I leave my house, I understand what I, what situations I'm putting myself into. And it's, it's a social contract I'm making with myself. I think hockey players should be able to do the same thing essentially, but I will, from a league control standpoint, I think it might be easier and less complicated for the league to continue to do it game by game. And then you get to the new year and you just pray that this wave is short and essentially quick. It, it sounds terrible to say we're just running out of players to be sick. Which, I, which I know there's horrific. really 110 players are already in COVID protocol. So, uh, I mean, unless there's a, we don't know how reinfections rates work. Omicron is only like, you know, a month old at this point. So we have no idea right. how that works. And, uh, but if, if it works like any natural immunity protection from before, plus boosters, plus vaccines, plus taking care of yourself and all that treatment, um, we're just going to hope the league gets back to yeah. healthy very soon. And I got to say, instead of letting asymptomatic players play, what's the harm in just letting those players sit for three, four days and get to a point where they're not highly contagious anymore? If they're feeling fine, it's not the end of the world to just let them chill. We, we've had the Rangers played six games in nine days. It got bashed over our heads over and over again by MSG as a possible excuse for why they were looking sluggish towards the end of that stretch. This isn't the worst thing in the world. I understand people wanted this break to happen for most players during the Olympics. First of all, I, I we made the David Quinn joke. The David Woo. Quinn joke exists because the playoffs, uh, the Olympics, not fucking happening. No, it yeah. is not, dude. Super. I would. Super can, can you bet on if they're happening or not? Because I'll put a good amount. It's of cash. off the board. It's off the board. There's no way. Well, the, the Olympics themselves are just hockey, NHL participation. Uh, the Olympics, the, uh, no, the NHL is not going. The Olympics will happen in some shape or form. Yeah, I, I would think they. Are gonna happen I, there's I too much money be, there in general for the olympics and all that shit to not, yeah, not go down you're not wrong there um nbc sports is we, still a channel because of the olympics once it's the olympics are done they're no longer a channel i want to make this clear where i am very concerned about everybody's health but also just need olympic biathlon back in my life <laughs> it's very important to me and only me yeah uh, i'm not saying that uh i am in about week I haven't had to work a day since September 30th. And we're well past the point where this time off has been fun and great. I am fucking bored. I'm saying there have been two days where I've sat down on the big TV, put on Peacock, and saw that they had replays of Biathlon. <laughs> and it, the replays are great because, Ryan, there is no commentary. It's just dudes skiing and shooting, and you have to figure it out on your own. Actually, that sounds to, way I've, better. I, it's amazing, and I now am prepared to gamble on Olympic. I do biathlon. like how this podcast news. has really been diverse. I had an ad meeting earlier, and there was uh, the person I was speaking to was like, "Hey, so do you guys only talk about the Rangers?" I was like, "No, trust me, everything gets covered." Uh, yeah, I should say on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, hey. when you download it and use promo code Blue Shirts. Blue Shirts. I will be seeing if they have biathlon lives. Okay, that is one thousand percent happening. Very interesting. All right. Um, yeah. So let's. Just, I mean, to wrap this up and then get into uh, our two other just quick topics for today before we get to our guest Rob Luger, we're going to talk about seventh defenseman for sure. Uh, let's just let's just see how these next two weeks go. Let's handle it game by game. Let's see if they. Man- I don't know if they're going to mandate anything with the booster or anything like that. But uh, the NHL pretty much did the first time mandate a vaccine. I would be curious to see how they handle it this time. 
And then, uh, boy, they just they have to set a plan and then stick to it. And obviously that plan could change depending on the new information that comes out. But all these sports leagues, every single league, bro, the, the NFL, the NBA, uh, the Premier League, everybody has to figure out what the hell is going to go on here. Not baseball because there are no players currently. There's, but, no, there's no baseball. Uh, they have no faces. Hey, Buck Showalter, three years. Let's go. Um, we'll get to that later at the end of the podcast. You're stuck. We're going to have to do it at the end of the podcast after Rob. Just deal with it. Yeah. I feel uh, but I'll, I'll say this more importantly than what the NHL or professional league should or shouldn't do. You are friends at home listening to us Take for care some of reason. All I ask, if you have holiday plans, there's no harm in just getting a test. More than likely, you'll be negative and things will be good. But at least know before you go that that's all I want. If you take anything away from this podcast, I'm sure I'll say something stupid later. Yeah, we say dumb shit all the time. Just no, no harm in getting tested. I, I, I got tested the other day. It took less than an hour. You can, out, you, can actually, you can actually pick them up at CVS. And they're uh, right now, at, at least in most areas, relatively cheap. I think we we got a box back when we got COVID the second time, very fun in August. Um, that was like twenty bucks, and it was two four tests or some shit. It was awesome. Fifteen minutes. I literally COVID wasn't never awesome, got out of my but never got out of my car. It was completely drive through the entire time. Never had human interaction. It was perfect. Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah. So do that. We're not trying to preach to you. We're just trying to help you out because you're literally our friends. You can yell at us on Twitter and tell us uh, that we're libtards or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I need you. I need you to keep listening to us, which means I need you uh, able to listen. So <laughs> stay Please. healthy and you know alive. Please stay with Please. us. All right. Uh, let's get to the Vegas and the Rangers. Uh, Jack Eichel was supposed Brian, to be a Ranger. Gonna, let me let Go me on. let me cut you off right there. Yes. It was free money. Oh, dude, my dude. It was the freest of money. To bet Brett Howden plus five hundred to score plus five, a goal to score any time, any time, not first goal, just, not so, last goal. Oh, first, first goal, Ryan. First goal of the game was over fourteen to one. Oh, oh, I wish, I wish we bet it just for the content. I <laughs> bet it. I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, I mean, I, I wish, I, I wish I put like a good amount of money on first goal of Brett Howden for just the content. It would have been yeah, worth I it. I wish I bet. I, I, uh, first world problems. I'm going to complain about placing a twenty dollar wager that paid me five to one, so I made a hundred plus dollars. Yes. I'm upset I didn't just, like, call it a podcast expense and drop. Honestly, Greg, if you would have texted figure. me and been like, this is a, a marketing expense, I'm doing it. I would have been like, yes. <laughs> Let's run it. Let's run it. Um, I, Brett Howden scoring, and, and not only that, his game score was, like, higher than, I think it was, like, 3.60, which is, like, Kako's, like, Game score this year, the highest one was like 3.56. Brett Howden had the most insane game I've ever seen him have, period. And I don't know. It was just the biggest revenge game of all time. Congratulations to the man, Rocket. He can get it, etc. Oh, he can get it, buddy. Yes. Uh, for he got sure. me money. He so. did. Uh, yeah, so the, the Vegas uh, Vegas Golden Knights and the New York Rangers, the second period for the New York Rangers was one of the most dominated period dominant periods uh, for the New York Rangers all season long. The first and third, not think, so can much. You, can, you, can you honestly think of a period – where the Rangers played better than that second period? Mm, not this year. Yeah. Not this year. I, I, there was that I, one period moment, where uh, the Kako, Mika, Kreider pass where they just absolutely dominated for like, I think it was like 14 minutes. I forgot who it was. But that second period was just, I, I was like convinced they were going to win the game until uh, there were six minutes left. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way. They're going to go overtime here. Other periods, they've looked dominant for strong stretch for very significant stretches the game you're talking about I, I think that period started slowly and then the rangers decided oh we're just going to be the best hockey team on the ice right now but it the first goal happened in under a minute and it was the entire period where it just felt like the game 
was played in Vegas's zone. It it was incredible. And I, I said it at the time when, the, when Vegas tied it up, and I, I still kind of feel this way, where you can't be angry that they got the point because I – I do get the vibe with how the Rangers had been playing up until that game that we all, before the game started, would have made just a handshake deal where if we could guarantee you a point, win or lose, you would have just taken. taken you would have had to, point. especially because there was no Igor and no Panarin. Like you, right. you, if you're missing two of your best three players, you're probably going to sign up for a point at the end of it. But the way that yes. even – Listen, the first and third were not good. The third especially was a rough time for the New York Rangers. They were just looking sluggish. And the fact that it was just 2-2 still still a good thing. So you sign up for the point. But where where they were and how they were playing in the second is just so disappointing to bring it into the third there. And unfortunately, that's that's what happened. Now, overtime was also bonkers. Like, out of this world insane. I saw all the threads last week that was like, three or three overtimes actually boring. Well, guess what, nerds? It's not. Uh, it's not. I'm sorry. And especially at three or three overtime ended and all MSG did was Sam forgot how to speak. And cause he would just used all of his abilities and powers on three V three overtime. He's getting up there in age. God bless Sam. I, he said on Vince's podcast, he wants to do it for many more years. And I think he should, cause he's my granddad, but they just panned to Adam Fox on the bench, heavy breathing for a minute and 30 seconds. They didn't cut to commercial. They did no ad, in-screen in ad. It was just Adam Fox, a close-up of, of his face, heavy breathing for a minute and 30 seconds. And it was beautiful. And uh, unfortunately, the shootout absolutely stinks sometimes. And uh, that's most times, to be honest. And that's how that game ends. All, every, every time. The no, the one, the one shootout this year when it went to seven players was insane. <laughs> it was great. Sure. I was, in the, I was in the building for that, and it was great and good. But it's just such a fart after three-on-three. Because... Three, Three on three is is electric. It's just it's it, it, it's it's cocaine. It is. I don't know how else to describe it. it. It's fucking nonstop adrenaline. Where even when you cycle back, all it takes is for one player to be a half inch out of position, and then the rush is back on. I just I'm 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 begging for ten minutes. Five just feels too short. It does feel too short, and and that enables. Uh, I did see some of the arguments that. Uh, that people were making how to change it. I don't mind the idea of saying you can't bring it past or back into the neutral zone and back into the middle, middle, middle ice. Once you have, you brought it in so you can't reset. I don't know if that's like a, a way you can keep it. It's already insane, but I guess teams are just trying to game it where you win possession and then just hold it for like the five minutes and then go to a shootout. And that's lame. I, trying, trying to improve three on three overtime is like saying, I could give you $5 million right now, or I can give you $5 million in 20s instead of 100s. You're, you're not really fixing a problem because there really isn't a problem. It, there's no problem. I, the problem is that this eventually goes to a shootout. If you take that away, I think overtime would, to me, honestly, just make it untimed. Make it that sudden, sudden death. Someone has to score. There will be a winner. And if you don't want that, honestly, make it 10 minutes and just – I see – No, this is when we get back to – ties have to happen. They have to. Uh, okay, but if, if the goal is to keep overtime amazing, I either have to take – if you want ties, I think you take overtime off the table entirely. No, can't do it. Got to do 10 minutes. 10 minutes overtime, and then if, the, if nothing happens at the, in the 10 minutes overtime, but we go to a tie. But then I think if, if, you, if you make – 
if you make tying possible, I guess if tying's possible, it can't be two points, one point, right? It has to be it'd the 3-1-0 one, one, structure. Yep, that's where I would yeah. go, 3-1. Yeah, because then if it's two, if you're guaranteed the one point already and all you're trying to do is prohib- prevent the other team from getting two, uh, I then I think overtime could become just lazy possessions where one team is trying to just sit on the puck and not really pushing up the ice. But if it's a 3-1-0 and there's actual stakes for you losing instead of just getting the loser point, yeah, then then we're fine. But we, we all know, or you and I at least know that, NHL is not creative enough for that. But that's neither here nor there. There's one critique I have of the Rangers, specifically in overtime. If I see Barclay Goodrow on the ice <laughs> one more time in a three-on-three situation. Yeah, not good. What? what What's the point? Like, what are we doing? What? Why? Barker Goodrow, a, a great end of game five v five player, great for like great fourth liner, all that. Three v three, where it's a skills competition. No, thank you. Yeah, I also i I don't quite fully understand why teams, but specifically the Rangers, would feel the need to even like. It seems like every team wants to do one center, one winger, one defenseman in three on three. Someone smarter than me is going to have to explain why I wouldn't just be cool with two wingers and a D. What, what would prevent me from uh, Panarin, Kako, Fox, or Truba, Lafreniere, and Kreider? Like, what, what prevents that? What, what benefit do I have? The ice is so open that it's kind of positionless hockey anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't mind, it, like, tr- yeah, Truba, Kreider, Kako, something like that. Or there's, there's a lot of weird mixes you can just have. And I, I wonder what the also, most if, optimal if it, would be. I understand Heedle was playing wing that game, but just call him a center and let your three overtime centers be Zabenajad, Strom, and Heedle. Why is Goodrow on the ice at any point in time? Heedle was the, you know, he he did miss a possession there. And we'll talk to the we'll talk with Rob Luker about the Heedle going to wing situation because I have a feeling he has some feelings about that. Uh, mm-hmm. But he Heedle had a little bit of a rough game. And listen, he's got to adjust. He's still trying to figure out you know, he's kind of getting pushed around from wing to center back and forth with Gallant. The quote today was Not just that, but we forget he's what 21 still. Yeah. Something like that. 22. And, uh, he pretty much said to Gallant what any hockey player would play. It doesn't matter where you put me. I want to play surprise hockey players, everybody. Uh, all right. Now that we've gotten through that, uh, we want to do just, you want to save the, the hurdle question for, uh, for Rob too. We'll just do some five stars real quick before we get to Rob. Um, let's, let's do, I think the, the hurdle hypothetical is worth, you and I talking about it, because I think we're going to disagree. We will, because uh, there's no it. way I do it. The, you asked a hypothetical in our Discord, Patreon, blah, 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 support us. All right, so you asked a question there, and it said, Rangers trade for Hurdle, but Hurdle is guaranteed to walk at the end of the year. Do you include Othman to make a deal happen if you know you're only getting Hurdle for February to the playoffs? I'm assuming you asked this because I think you would, and there's a 0% chance Ryan would. Yeah, I would in a heartbeat. There's no um, way. There's no why I think I do it? the reason I asked the question is I, 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 I've made this point in passing, but I think it deserves a little bit more of a serious conversation considering where the Rangers are in the standings and what we think this team is capable if Shesterkin and Panarin are healthy at the end of the year, which you have to assume they will be because we're, you know, blind believers. Um, we're, we've lost the forest through the trees a little bit. You're Brennan Othman however he develops. And it, it seems like he's having a great D plus one year. Everybody's very excited. The timeline is always talking about him. That's great and good. I'm happy. 
I always like when my team's prospects are doing well. But if you have a legitimate chance at winning the cup this year and the Rangers are positioning themselves to be one of the 16 teams that has that chance, and if you think Hurdle is the guy that takes the Rangers from having a chance to having a high probability, I don't – the goal is to win one. I would like to win more, but I have to win one in order to win more. So I would trade that guy for Othman in this respect if it meant that I felt confident that for this season my team was going to go from playoff contender to cup contender. That And it that doesn't apply to just Hurdle, but I use Hurdle because he's the guy that seems to be the apple of everybody's eye more than anybody else. Like, this isn't a conversation we have about a guy like Kessel. This isn't a conversation – we have about a guy like Yarn Crook. This is a guy where you're trading for the best dude available that we think will be available. I trade whatever it takes if I think it gives me better chances at doing the thing that I'm supposed to do, which is win the Stanley Cup. All right. I, you do make a good point. There's no doubt about that. I think I would need to be... I do think this team is good. I, I've... We've settled that question before because I ask it all the time. Is this team good? Good with flaws that could be answered by someone like Hurdle. I just don't know if Hurdle brings them to, boy, are we a top three team to contend? And I don't know if that matters in the NHL. Like, we talk about parity, but the the same couple teams have kind of won over the the past years with the exception of, like, the Blues. Because it's always been, like, the Penguins or, you know, the Lightning or the Blackhawks. Those guys have always ended up winning no matter what, just the way it is. Does Hurdle take the Rangers to that next step? Because I think Othman is a really good piece, especially with how how cap crunch the Rangers are going to be down the line. Having cheap and efficient talent is going to be incredibly important. That's if he keeps developing at the pace he's developing. We, Which is we, not a guarantee. Right. We do like to assume that Othman's great year this year will just continue to excellence, right? But if that's not always the case, and actually not more, more times than not, it's not the case. So what I'm saying, what you're saying is you'd rather bet on the controllable asset appreciating in value over years. I'd rather bet that the piece I'm getting at the deadline this year brings me closer to a realistic shot at the whole point of this. And I I do think this is, you guys, I, I mean, you can't go back to the first four episodes, but this is something you and I have talked about forever and especially we have about Keith Yandel. It, the goal is to win the cup. I, I understand the goal is also you, to win you more play cups after to that. To win the game. Yeah. Yep. 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 But it's, I think too often we worry ourselves. And I know you and I do this too, because how many times do we talk about the cap crunch? The Rangers are going to have to do in 2023, 2024. We, we do this every time. It's, it, it, it's a worry to have. I'm not saying we should all, bury our head in the sand and just assume that everything's going to be okay. But the Rangers are in an unlikely position where they aren't just flirting with the playoff spot, but they are now in a point where if they don't make the playoffs, it's a failure. And there are enough of the teams we expected to be good in the East that just aren't. The Bruins aren't. The Islanders aren't. We assumed the Flyers were going to be bad, but our assumptions were correct. The Penguins, one week they seem fine. The next week, they aren't. You, To me, this is 
to compare it to something else, a real 2015 situation for the Rangers that the Mets had, where the Mets, they won 11 games in a row. Nobody expected that. The Phillies and Nationals shit the bed. Nobody expected that. The Mets, I give them shit all the time. They understood they had a rare opportunity, and they went out and made a deal for Cespedes that turned out to work. But they made that deal thinking he was walking. They expected him to walk. The only reason he didn't walk is because he became A-Rod in his prime unexpectedly, and they felt the need to try to recapture that. And then he fought but a four. It, That's okay. It, it, I, <laughs> I just – the Rangers, nobody expected. The most optimistic Ranger fan, I include you in that. You said there was a chance they could be second. They are number one in the Metro right now. They're it's number, them and the Capitals. Yeah, they're they're, of all they're currently third, um, but they're one point difference between the Capitals and Hurricanes, and the Capitals have a game in hand. Uh, the Hurricanes have a game in hand on them. So yes, you're. This is prime Panarin. This is prime, pre-prime Fox, prime Truba, prime Igor. Primes have been a Jed. Uh, yeah. Primes have been a Jed. Red hot Kreider. This is a situation where you have enough of your core pieces clicking at just the right time where you are more competitive than you expected to be where I sit. I need to add on to that significantly to guarantee that I'm going to have a legitimate chance at a title because one, again, one title is the goal. Multiple titles is great. Well, it's it's one. Jeez. Two is ridiculous. I need one. I just need one. one. All right. I want to ask you a question. I'm willing to sacrifice a kid that may be good in three years, if I think that one piece, even if he's only here for four months, helps me realize that one goal. All right. That, two that is a no-question thing for me. Two follow-ups. Because I think if you told me this same question, but you said Schneider, I would have said yes. I would have said yes. Even though I like Brady Schneider. I think that's – I think – well, I I think – well, no. Actually, I think that's fascinating that you'd rather trade Schneider than Offman. I really would. Yeah. I think Schneider's stock is higher than Offman. Schneider's closer to being an actual piece. Schneider is less of a dream than Othman is. He'll probably be a top four defenseman in the NHL, which is extremely valuable, period. Yeah, and again, I get the Rangers having a lot of defensemen. They also have a lot of wingers. I know they're missing a specific spot, but Othman's not going to fill that spot anytime soon. So to consider him as the missing piece for your top nine right wing ludicrous your team's going to look completely different by the time he's going to have a chance to realize his potential i just think the right side of for the new york rangers is kind of full up for the next forever and if you were like hey we're going to go for it we're going to give up schneider i'd be more comfortable i just i i on i'm very surprised that that is the take you're having now because i i think schneider has done a job of closing the um standard deviation on his career that's correct he's we have a pretty clear picture of what he's going to be at worst and what he can be at and he's done nothing but raise his stock since we slandered the rangers for taking him yes there with we would be shocked at this point in schneider's development curve if he didn't have a nhl career shock which is a great thing for a first round pick yes after the top 10 i can't say that for offman just because of this good year he's having against children Yes, that's true. My follow-up question is this, Greg. Mm -hmm. In the East right now, who are the teams you think are legitimately better than the Rangers? Because I think there's five. Lightning. Lightning, Maple Leafs, Panthers, Hurricanes, Capitals. Maple Leafs on paper. I know that they have to do it in the playoffs. 
I'm aware. Yeah, of this. They, I I understand that it, it's they talent wise, you're absolutely right. But also, I don't know. I I if if the if it was Rangers Leafs in round one. I think we, I, I think we could win. That. I think we. I would win. absolutely pound the Rangers money line to win that series because I know they'd be plus money, and I know Jack Campbell's having a good year, but I also know that it's Jack Campbell. I, I, I that could be very mean of me to say. It might be, but, but I, Igor is a different breed. He just is. Yeah, and I, I, I'm doing again, the Bill Simmons. Get, he just is, but I, I get that you're dealing with Austin Matthews, John Tavares, William Nylander, Mitch Marner. I I understand all that, but. The core four. For me, I, I, I the Leafs need to do it in order for me to be like, if I'm in a death stare with the Maple Leafs, I maybe I don't win it, but I feel more confident than I should be. Who would, uh, the Lightning Leafs, who were the three other There's teams? There's Lightning, Panthers, Hurricanes, and Capitals. Panthers, I disagree with. I guess that's just because they're so injured right now. Hurricanes. That team's good. It's good, but it's, again, I, I don't – like, for sure better than the Rangers. So, uh, I guess the question think, is this. If we trade for Hurdle, who can you mm-hmm. say we're you – know, let's say they, all these other teams don't make moves for some reason whatsoever. Whatever moves they make just don't work. But Hurdle works out for the Rangers. He becomes their 3C. You're running – now you're, now your three centers for the playoff run is Mika Zibinijad, Strom, who has uh, somehow captured Magic in a bottle and maybe can hit an empty net once in a while. And then Hurdle, uh, and that's what you're running with. You're, you're deep down center. You figured out you've you brought in another right wing. You're making a, you, I don't know, whoever you want to say it is. Uh, you're just better than, uh, I think you're better than everyone, but like the Lightning? Yeah. Maybe? And, but here's the thing. I mean, anything, we know shit can happen in the playoffs. I understand it was three years ago at this point, but we're not that far removed from the Lightning, the best team in hockey, getting swept by the Blue Jackets. Weird shit just happens. So if I, I feel Hurdle specifically, again, in this exa- example, makes my team super dangerous in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Dangerous enough where I think we are one of the four best teams in the East. I absolutely, again, I, I just, the, the, the long end of this entire conversation comes to the point where I think we as sports fans are caring way too much about opening night October 2022 before we finish June 2022. I there it's not the end of the world if players walk. I understand it's not ideal, but my goal is to make my team as best option of themselves as possible to win the Stanley Cup. I don't care if I make the playoffs what my team is going to if I'm down one game to none going into game 2. I, my thought process is not, boy, I wonder what this team looks like on opening night 2022. I, I'm in the playoffs. So now I want to make sure I've done everything I can before the playoffs have started to make my team as best as I can. And again, if, if the Rangers were a fringe contender, if the Rangers were just middle of the road, this is a different conversation that we probably don't have. But the New York Rangers are in a position that none of us expected them to be in. And they are in that position all while masking some holes in their roster construction, which means this Ranger team that is currently tied for first in the Metropolitan Division is not a finished product and nowhere near close to being perfect. So I can improve on this all while 
already being gifted this cushion that I didn't expect to have. Yeah, I know. I push all my chips in at that point. You you're sitting on you're sitting on pocket aces and you at at some point you have to make an aggressive move. Otherwise, if the goal is just to be competent for 10 years and have some good seasons, but never have a bad season, it's great and good. The goal is to win a championship. And I'm willing to pay a price, a significant one, for that championship, especially if it's just a, a lottery ticket that I value. But at the same time, you can't tell me today I to can't. my face for sure that Brennan Othman is going to have an NHL career. It would be a little surprising if he didn't, but it, the, the percentage chance of it happening is not zero. Boy, so I, it, I, and it's not like you're giving up, like, and I like Othman a lot uh, compared comparatively to when they drafted I, I admit the trade wouldn't be one-to-one, but I, if Othman's the centerpiece of a deal for an expiring contract, I don't even think it's another first-round pick that you have to add into there. I agree. It's probably just him and, like, one other little thing. And... Maybe maybe a conditional pick that could be a first where you're telling the Sharks, if we make a certain round, it's a first. Like the Rangers the did with Zoop. Yeah. If we win the cup, you can have the first. We don't care. It's a really interesting um, thought experiment there greg because i i don't know why but my gut says i'd rather trade like a schneider it do, just does as crazy as that is and uh right away because i just think that right side of the new rangers is just locked up for like the next six so years. your 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 main problem with this hypothetical is not the lottery ticket for the sure thing that the sure thing's gonna walk in four months it's, you know i hate that i i, I, I know you do that. the keith the keith yandel conversation we had was like our first big debate it's uh, i when when they let keith yandel walk but they were not good enough to make any noise in the playoff that year they were just trying to like like prop up a, a weekend at bernie's situation for the new york rangers that were going deep in the playoffs the past couple years it just did not work out uh they could the the magic was gone and they just let keith yandel they got a fifth for him or something like that but they probably could have got a first at the trade deadline and then refused to do it and to be, till this day, I I think it was one of the stupidest asset management moves they've ever had. Now they were in it, and they got to the playoffs, and they got absolutely destroyed by the Pittsburgh Penguins, as is no surprise. But in this situation, just like not capitalizing and just pushing down the I don't know. To me, I, if if the Rangers were better at five v five this year, if they seemed like. You're, again, that's a problem that can be corrected with the with the right move. Right. If Hurdle comes in, you're saying the five v five likely gets a lot better. It's hard to imagine it getting worse. Can't really get get worse. I'm just Ugh, it's a really I tough sit, situation. From where, I, from where I sit, you have your best players in their prime. And you are in an unexpected standings position at this point in the season. And you have a goalie who is playing at the top of his game. You're saying you feel comfortable betting that the Rangers will find a cheaper option where I get to keep my prized possession and they'll be this good next year as opposed to just pushing your chips in this year when, again, Panarin, peak of his powers. Hard to imagine. Again, Zibanejad not playing well, but Zibanejad at the right age. Kreider at the right age. I understand Kako and Lafreniere are going to get better over time, but at some point, your star players don't get better over time. And, and they are having that kind of season this year. And to help your point, and I hate to do it because I don't know if I fully agree yet. I'm kind of just on the fence. Uh, the Rangers will not have this cap space to add a player like this moving forward. This is their only chance to do it. Correct. 
All right, I'm gonna think about it. Let's get to Rob Luker, and then uh, we'll come back and talk. We'll a little. do we'll do we'll do five stars and buck at the end. Yeah, we'll do that. All right, here we go. Uh, let's uh, talk about our good friends and uh, at DraftKings transition. The holidays are almost here, and there's no better way to celebrate the holidays than by saying DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to New York. It won't be long until you can get and bet on all your favorite sports right here in the Empire State on the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, I will say not all of the bets you make are going to be free money like Brett Howden plus 500 to score a goal against the New York Rangers was. You know DraftKings for their daily fantasy contests. Now they've brought their expertise to sports betting so that sports fans everywhere can get on the action from their couch. DraftKings Sportsbook offers everything you would ever want from a sports betting app. Player props, same game parlays, you name it, they have it. In just a short time, you'll be able to bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home, including the ones that make you sad, with one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbooks. It's safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, check out DraftKings and tell them I sent you, Greg, Greg Kaplan, this guy, me, by using promo code BLUESHIRTS. That's promo code BLUESHIRTS when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, coming soon to New York. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbooks for full details. Must be 21 plus and physically present in New York. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. Hey, we're back with our first and only guest of the show. We have Rob Luker. He is uh, one of my favorite Twitter follows. He is a person you can follow for uh, Bill's commentary and also talking about defenseman pairing changes. Rob, how are you? Good. How's it going, guys? It's doing uh, doing well. There's uh, some things going on on Earth, and we discussed those earlier. But for right now, we're trying to just talk, keep it up with the Rangers. Uh, there's been a lot going on, and one thing you've been trumpeting, and I guess we'll just get to it right away, is there's been this sort of pairings for the New York Rangers that have just stuck for the past two years, and that is Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren, the natural roommates, and Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba. You've kind of been trumpeting out there, at least uh, from everywhere, every which way, that you'd like to see uh, those kind of changed up and sort of uh, reversed in some way, where Keandre Miller ends up playing with Adam Fox and Lindgren plays with Truba. Uh, Why exactly is that? Could you you explain for people that that wouldn't understand uh, why that would need to happen? Ryan, I've simply never heard of this idea. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Kidding. Let's just jump so right in. What do it. you think Hedl would wing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, we, we can circle back to that. We will, we will. No, I think, I mean, yeah, for those that have followed me or for those that this is the first time, uh, one of the big things that I've been um, going after with the Rangers, particularly for their trends, because we're going on basically, well, I mean, a, a year and a third for the pairing of Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba. And the big thing is last year they had some okay stints, but overarching, I mean, they gave up more chances than they would generate when on ice. Now, obviously it really depends on which forwards they're paired with. That's perfectly natural. And we can get into that too a little, but what happened was they had a really good start. First 10 games of the year, they got rid of that problem. They were, um, their, their chances and expected goals against per 60 were lower at five on five. And they were generating about the same amount of offense as last year. Now, what's happened in the last 15 games or so, and it started during that good middle 10-game stretch for the Rangers, is they've gone back to their old ways. They're hit or miss on offense, but then night in, night out, they're the worst pair for giving up the most chances. And, yes, that includes (laughs) 
Patrick Nemeth and Nils Lundqvist, who really turns it around after a bad 20 games. Their last 10 or 12 games have been pretty solid, to be honest. So that's that's my main concern is if your top four – or sorry, your second pair, arguably, um, suddenly starts giving up way more than they can generate, even while uh, the Rangers' top nine forwards figure, figure their stuff out. Um, they were playing mostly with the top six, maybe a little bit with that third line, which was obviously on fire. Um, you know, that's a concern, and while Lincoln and Fox – obviously dominate pretty much. They had a little bad stretch in the, in the beginning of the year. They're doing their thing. So how do we balance this out? Or do you want to balance it out? It's kind of more of the debate on that side too. Well, I guess that's, that's my question. Would you, you personally feel comfortable say in your opinion, I mean, it's not your opinion that the numbers bear it out too, even though I do think not to be an eye test guy, Truba Miller never looks as bad to me in real time as it just seems to be. Uh, on the on the stat page at the end of the night, but you're willing to break up the one thing that definitely works for the Rangers, Fox Lindgren, to try and find an answer more equally in the top four. Basically, yes, but here I'll explain it like this. Let's let's start from the ten thousand foot view. If Lindgren, Fox, and Nemeth Lundqvist, if basically two out of your three pairs are running well more than likely you're going to be either in the game or probably winning the game. You know what I mean? All three yeah. pairs, it's really hard to dominate a game all the way. So I agree with that. It's, you know, one, but ideally you'd rather have the guys, the two pairs playing 20 minutes a night on the right side of that scoring chance and expected goal differential than that third pair. That's, and it's kind of the same as the fourth line, which <laughs> we can also touch on, but you know, you want your guys that are soaking up most of the minutes through the best. And then when you really get into it, what's interesting is Miller in some brief minutes away, like ends of shifts, beginning of shifts away from Truba, suddenly has some better defensive numbers to him. And it's just interesting because if you pair him with Fox and he can hold his own defensively at the basically the same time on ice, then that could be an interesting pairing. And then the last point is you can always go back to the same pairs we got right now. If you try it out for 10 to 15 games, because they're not playing that great right now at five on five. You can always go back to how it started and how the, and just go and figure it out from there. <laughs> can I push back on one thing you said? And I, I want you to correct yep. me if I'm wrong in this, um, this thought process. You're saying Miller essentially away from Truba at the beginning of shifts or end of shifts seems to have better, better numbers. Isn't that potentially the case? Because wouldn't the Rangers in that moment more than likely have possession of the puck allowing their defensemen to change in the first place? Yep, absolutely. It's, it's, very, it's a very minute point. I mean, it's just, I just find it interesting just because I am, you know, peeling these numbers away a little bit, looking for trends. But, yeah, it's, it's really nothing significant. It would just be interesting to see what it would fully look like away from Miller. I and think... you're say, so you would put Miller with Fox, and you would have Lindgren with Truba. And you think Miller would benefit from this how? I yes, I would do that. And actually, the reason is because I think Patrick Nemeth there for a while, he, he settled in. He's never going to play pretty, but he's done pretty well with Lundqvist lately in terms of, uh, well, not really with Lundqvist lately, it's been with Hayek, but uh, he was doing better. And I guess the point is, um, Greg, that I would like to see Miller with Fox because I do think Fox can carry pretty much any other defenseman. I mean, he did just win a Norris. He should probably he win another one. He literally is the best defenseman uh, in the or, league. Yes, yes. Keep going. And that, yeah, and, and that's and that's what I mean. And I think Lindgren can also complement Truba in the sense of, I mean, Lindgren's skill is not necessarily in the offensive zone. He loves to wheel it around when he gets it. 
But, I mean, he steps up at the blue line. He tries to limit as many chances as possible. And to let Truba roam, which we saw in his Winnipeg days, he did a little bit more of, um, could unlock a little bit of value out of that cap hit. I just I want to make clear that I'm not uh, disagreeing, actually, with your opinion at all. So if these questions are coming off like I'm needling to a point where I, I'm definitely <laughs> on the other camp, that's not the case. I'm just I, – I like your thought process, and I'm, I'm, I'm just – Pushing you in the direction, you know, just letting, letting just you, genuinely letting you curious guys space. doing our own research. That's no, what kids I'm, do these days. Do your I'm, own research. <laughs> you got to do your own research. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I get it. And it's been a year and a half. So it's just, it's just a matter of my big thing is, you know, if they do try it, it'll probably go horribly. And I'm going to have to eat crow is what it is, but they can always go back to the pair of now, or they can get real word and move Nevin from Lundquist around. And then we get into a real wild card situation. Or they can move Hayek up. I mean, you haven't even considered that. I mean, after the stretch of games he's had, I mean, why don't we play him with Fox again? Remember those days? There needs to be more conditioning assignments. He needs to be well conditioned, but I, I think I'll just leave it at that. I think he needs some more shampoo too, and conditioner. He needs both. I don't think he's gonna have enough to stick in the NHL. Uh, it might actually seems like like we'll get Jones maybe uh, up soon. Who knows uh, with the situation with shutdowns and COVID players uh, and Nemeth down yeah. protocol. Now, Ryan, I just not cut you off a little bit there. You yeah, did please. see that your uh, hunch was just that Jones was injured, right? Yes, it was just he was just injured. That's correct. Yeah, I, he had a lower body injury over the weekend, according to Larry Brooks. Uh, but he seems to be okay now, so I think he could be back. So let's see. Um, with with Hayek obviously uh, being an absolute tire fire, uh, are we being too harsh on Patrick Nemeth over the past couple games? There there have been a couple games where he's been okay. Uh, I thought he had some of his best games as a Ranger, but he is now becoming that sort of Mark Stahl. Uh, beat him up stick, I guess. Uh, are we being too harsh here, Rob? I mean, game to game, he definitely hasn't been the best. I think I think during that middle 14-game streak, and maybe it was just because the Rangers were playing some easier teams, and as a team, they were playing really well. Um, he might have benefited a little from that. So I'm definitely – I'm in, I'm in kind of both camps. I recognize that Nemeth overall has not played well, even in, even with his good little 10, 12, 14-game streak there. He's, he's not been what the Rangers need him to be. Um, that said, I'm also not willing, uh, to completely give up on him on the year. I think, uh, defensive impacts are less in the game, but are pretty consistent year over year for defensemen that are pretty good at them. So I still think he can find his way. I don't think he should probably play more than the third pair ever. Um, and a scratch or two might not help, especially if Jones comes up. Cause, um, I think a lot of us would like to see Jones, especially if Nevis Lundquist suddenly go negative consistently. My my question on Nemeth for you, Rob, is essentially: Are we using, as a fan base, the we using Nemeth as a larger scapegoat because we just don't want to talk about how this team plays offensively at five v five? I mean, possibly, and then it doesn't help that he gets paired with Hayek. Who, I mean. <laughs> Even if you, it's still a pretty small sample, but Nemeth has been much better with Lundqvist, obviously, than, than Hayek already. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty fair. The only thing I'll say to that for the team as a whole is this Rangers team is wild because they're average at best at five on five, meaning if you take the whole year so far. But then if you include PowerPoint shorthanded, suddenly they pop up to be a top 10 team in terms of expected goals and goal differential so far, which is obviously what they look like in the standings. Uh, correct, and and they're still trying to find that magic at five v five because they can't 
they had it for a couple games. Things started to click, and now they're moving Heedle to wing in certain games. Um, I think you've been a pretty big Heedle stand, correct me if I'm wrong, over the past couple years. He's kind of like always been a, a step away from unlocking that potential. Uh, Greg and I have been on the side of he probably is a wing, or at least the Rangers think he's a wing. Where do you think he ends up? I start with anything Filipino, yes, I'm a big fan, but I start with the fact that he has, despite some injuries and everything along those lines, done everything the Rangers have asked for him um, from the start of his career in the sense of he's got good underlying numbers. His time on ice is definitely firmly third line. He's never really gotten a consistent run in the top six, and you can debate whether he's deserved that or not. That's fine. But all he does is basically get on the ice, make the Rangers better in terms of shots, shots for, uh, expected goals for, scoring chances, all that. Now, he had a couple of years of some relatively hot shooting under 10%, and now he's below that. So, you know, can he actually get the goals that he should is a different question. But I'm okay with the wing idea in the sense of the Rangers need to solve the five-on-five offense, and if Hedo's going to be make them better when he's on the ice, you know, let's get wild, let's try some things. Um, otherwise, I do think he will eventually be – either a really good third-line center on a deep team or a second-line center that could probably get some help from the wingers. Let, let's understand that the hypothetical I'm about to ask you involves the Rangers playing in the top nine with only eight players right now. But without scratching that trade itch again, paint me the Rob Luker top nine you most want to see right now. Oh, man. Okay, fair enough. So, let's see. I would – so – I've been a big fan of Julian Gauthier so far. Um, you know, again, maybe some shot percentage, meaning converting those goals issues, but I... Let me cut you off, Rob. Maybe doing old- one more than one move would really help. Well, yes. <laughs> I'm a big fan of taking it straight to the rack, but you got to figure out also how to get it that last, you know, foot and a half past the grease. So yes, that's kind of a big thing. But honestly, it's it's kind of... I don't want to blend it up too much right now. I'm a, I'm a tweak guy. I don't, I don't like the full line blender, but... So I would probably try something like Kreider, Zibanejad, Gauthier, um, Panarin, Strom, and then, I mean, if, assuming Panarin's back and everything, maybe Hedo on the right wing, something like that. I like Dryden Hunt down on the third line. Um, I, I think that's probably how I would round it out. So who am I missing? Kako. Uh, you're missing a guy by the name of Kapo Kako who you apparently have on your fourth line. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Never mind. Let's Wrong, that's how wrong podcast. I, I that look on. at the problem. I'm negative. I know. I'm admittedly <laughs> negative. I look at the problem. And Kako's been really good this year, so I'm just I'm just relying on him to be good wherever I put him. Um, so maybe solid. actually book Gauthier back down, keep Dryden Hunt on the third line, and I don't know. Uh, well, I guess that means McKegg's playing center. Who knows? I don't know. It's, well, good it's, a, it's <laughs> a situation where I, I think you'd be comfortable. If, would you Would you kind of try and ask Chris Kreider just say, hey, man, would you do this one more time? Like right now, it's rough for us right sure. now. Would you go to the right wing one more time? We just want to get Lafreniere up there. You and Mika hang out at the top line. And I think that that really kind of balances out their top six. Yeah, no, that that's a good point. And I somehow forgot Lafreniere too. Geez, because I've been happy with him. So yeah, no, I agree. I mean, because I think that was the idea from a lot of people who watched day to day for the Rangers. You know, the last these last few years, these painful years, if you will, but. Um, yeah, I, I like the idea of moving Kreider down there eventually. And I mean, I can, cause I think it all hinges with the trade that we're not supposed to talk about or, or wish too hard for, but I mean, yeah, if they get a real, you know, top six, ideally right winger back in the lineup, it opens up a lot of opportunity for some depth moves. Hmm. Who could that um, be? Yeah. I, well, I got a 
you and I have disagreed on Phil Kessel, and I, I, I think he's a good example to use for this. I am of the opinion the Rangers are lacking in one specific area, which is offensive production at 5v5. Correct me if I'm wrong. Your general opinion is you don't trust the one-dimensional player if we're talking about building a Stanley Cup caliber team. Yes, if unless that one dimension really outweighs the bad. <laughs> and you're, and you're saying the field, offense doesn't justify the defense. I just think he's not the Phil Kessel of the old, meaning he's not generating as much as he used to. Um, and I, it's, it's hard to say that's purely on the line. I realize he's on a lesser Coyote. Yeah, Rob, nowadays, let me ask you a question. But... If you were on the Coyotes, how would you play? <laughs> would you be <laughs> not, really motivated to go out well. there and get out there every night and grind it out? That's fair. All right, so fine. You'll turn me into the optimist on this one. If they go and get Kessler, I'll just leave it at this. He's never really played. He's played top six minutes for I don't even know how long he's been in the league. For the last 10, 12 years, every time, no matter what, they find somehow he's playing in the top six minutes. So if they got him, I would not necessarily want to slot him into the first right wing or second right wing spot. I would want him on the third right wing, maybe get him some easier minutes at five on five against some lesser competition. And then if there's a spot for him on power play two, I wouldn't put him on power play one. Cause I mean, they do click when they click. Um, that's, that's probably how I would handle Kessel if that did happen. Can't argue Just with that. To, to add to that point, isn't part of the reason why we're seeing the kid line succeed at least analytically so much is for that reason that they are getting opportune matchups. Yeah, that, that, that certainly helps. Um, I also think Lafreniere, um, Zavanejad, Kreider start the year. I mean, they did everything they could. I think they were running like a 60% expected goal rate uh, by the time they got broken up. And then all of a sudden, you know, Lap was down on the third line and we're wondering about his TOI. So, and I think Hito could probably handle a little bit more. And I guess Gauthier is probably the weak link there. But yeah, you're not wrong, Greg. Uh, okay, so... Now I will scratch the itch. Who is your top nine acquisition? Because it's very clear the Rangers need one. Oh, man. See, I, I do stink at hypotheticals because it's all about who's available. So maybe I just leave it at this. I would want the Rangers to use some of the premium assets they have to try to target an RFA if possible, disgruntled or wants a trade or, I mean, however you want to do it. But lure some, some team into paying – um, or allowing RFA to walk where the Rangers could sign them at maybe either an extended amount, meaning some years that don't cost that much, or uh, do a bridge deal to see where we're at with the cap in a year or two. Because um, then the, the only other option is to really max out the cap and go for a large rental, but then you got to really get rid of that guy next year because of the impending crap, cap crunch that's coming um, with the Rangers a little bit. Well, Greg, go ahead. Well, I, I'll just say, Ryan and I had a very long debate about this just before you added on. You are, from what I'm gathering from this, you're out on any deal where the Rangers are acquiring a guy for four months and then walking away. Uh, I think if it's a bona fide top six to be UFA, um, that's not going to, I mean, they have the cap space this year. I'm just wondering what you do with somebody like that next year. Specific, to to specifically, they're a large UFA. Let, let's say specifically Hurdle. I'm promising you the Rangers can get Hurdle this year, but also guaranteeing you that he walks after this year. Are you out on any deal that involves Hurdle if you know you can't sign him on July 1st? No, I, wouldn't, I would not be out on Hurdle. That's because he's 
pretty legit, but he's probably due for a payday too. So that's what I mean. It's kind of situation. I think of the hypotheticals. <laughs> so hurdle is your hurdle is the level that you're cool. If this is a four month rental that will help me in the playoffs, the end of the season and possibly make my dreams of winning a Stanley cup more accessible. That's the level of player you're cool with understanding. As soon as you acquire him, this is a very short marriage. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. It's got to be somebody with pretty much, I mean, he's a great example. He's not on a great team and he still does pretty well every night. So yes, I would agree. Ooh, okay. Oh All right. All, All right. right. Does the, does the price and acquisition cost matter to you in that example? Obviously we're not Probably talking like three first. I mean, but give right, but yeah, prospects. I mean, they're going to, I mean, yeah, they, they, everybody asks for the three first on the rental and then they get one or barely a second or something like that. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to, you got to pay a rental price, that's a difference. And that's why my mind goes to, because of the way the Rangers cap set up the next two or three years, if they can get an RFA winger and maybe a little bit by low situation or something like that and make the best, but that probably goes against what most people want, which is to load up and use the cap space. So it's, it's kind of a, it's how you want to handle it. Do you want to go all in this year or do you want to keep a little bit for the next two, three, four years? <laughs> the, the name example I used for hurdle was Othman. If it costs you, Othman, okay. are you still making the trade? See, I'm also not a great prospect guy, but I know this guy's on fire pretty much. Um, That's correct, <laughs> but not a guaranteed thing. I mean, you know? I'm, yeah, I'm uh, prospects. All prospects are great, and then they get to the NHL, and then some are not great, right? Ooh. And that's that's probably my like official line on prospects. Um, that's the evolving wild line, you know, I, really. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna leave out certain names that are on our roster now or anything like that, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where I land. So I would never take any prospect off the table at this point. Okay. All right. Well, um, what do you think the Rangers could do moving forward? Uh, I mean, we talked about the lines. We talked about defense. Um, what is it? Is there any strategic thing you see that you would like to see them change? Like, do faceoffs really matter? Because <laughs> this is a, a, a constant situation we always have to fight about. That's no. That's a that's a real loaded question. But I mean, no. I think it, it's been it's been a kind of a tale of two teams so far, right, guys? I mean, they've been either pretty starkly not good or they had that nice 14 stretch run. And yep. what's, what's really interesting. I saw um, hockey stat minor. I believe his name is Mika. Great guy. That's correct. Um, put out that um, he put out the schedule differences, the, the wins versus the Rangers losses so far. And I mean, I'll make a little comparison here for uh, those that painfully have to sit through my Sundays on Twitter. A uh, bit like the bills, they beat up on bad teams. Then all of a sudden a good team comes in and whether it's the lineup or that night, suddenly it doesn't go as well. And, I mean, that obviously wouldn't bode well long-term for the Rangers' chances, but there's got to be something there because they're also hanging with some of the good teams during that stretch. And I just think that you got to focus on the offense. you gotta, you got to mix up the lines, tweak them, if you will. Um, I mean, Strome's been great this year. Debanajad, hit or miss. Kreider's been really good. So just try to take some – Cockwood's been really good. Take some of the strength guys, sprinkle them around, and ideally, hopefully – get some more depth relatively sooner here by January or February and let it run from there. My question to you, Rob, is it possible that Josh Allen is just not good? Oh my God. That's just absolutely. Is it possible Buck Showalter is not going to be good? I agree. I agree. (laughs) You're saying that as if my opinion is very whelmed on Buck Showalter. 
I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a baseball guy. I had to look him up before we even got on here. That's I was hilarious. Ask you, who is the I just, I love, I love that you loaded your gun with a bullet you thought would hurt me, and I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's my point. I'm with you. <laughs> that's fair. Who is even Buck Showalter in today's NHL? This is not long I've been not paying attention. Uh, every Probably NHL Bart coach. Blunt. Yeah. Every NHL coach. Person. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I, I, Buck Showalter is probably Gerard Gallant. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, then best of luck to the bets. <laughs> yeah. I like how you haven't answered the question. I, I like though, Josh Allen a lot, Rob. I do. I've been a big fan for I a mean, long time. All right. It's the, the Bills' problems this year are not, I'm not Josh Allen problems. I will simply say that. You cannot. Yeah, that's, that's, that's in bad faith. <laughs> no, he's yeah. I, I'm not an NFL guy anymore. I've kind of sworn off the sport, but Josh Allen himself uh, has been quite impressive. Uh, obviously, last year, and I know he's had a couple like not dud games, but uh, not not exactly a very Josh well, Allen-esque games. And, and his running game is kind of taken down a little bit too, right? When your offensive line performs like a D3 college in upstate New York, Woo! I mean it's not pretty. So we got to give him a little benefit of the doubt here. Awesome. You have to. I don't have. Oh, Jesus. All right. Uh, <laughs> Greg, any other questions you want to ask Rob before we let him get out of here? Um, no, I think, Rob, you, this is why I love having you on, Rob, because you always – you take the math and you contextualize for me in wording that makes it a lot easier to understand. Yeah, you're, you're smart guys for dummies, and I appreciate that about you. Yeah, I mean, it's it, I spend too much time at bars. you got to explain it to somebody. So it's, it's pretty easy when you think about it like that. If you want to, no, appreciate you guys having me on. Of course, man. If you want to follow Rob, you can do it on Twitter.com where he goes at rluker, uh, L-U-K-E-R 12, uh, Rob Luker 12, or rluker 12, rather. And you can follow and yell at him on the internet like you do, Greg and I. Rob, thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Talk to you, buddy. Hey, we're back. All right, want to thank Rob, a wonderful guest, a big fan of his. Um, he's always been one of my most underrated analyst people on the internet for when it comes to New York Rangers. Uh, let's get to a little bit of five-star questions. You want to leave five-star questions, you can go to our Patreon Discord and leave them, and we'll read them on the show. That's kind of how it works. Uh, and as Ryan uh, figures out how the hell to get to five, I'm already on the page. I'm a dummy. Uh, this is from Mesa Spades. Would you consider giving, uh, what would you consider giving up for Jacob Chikrin? I'm not sure I would want Jacob Chikrin. The, the, even though Rob so eloquently earlier on the show um, stated that the New York Rangers do have a small top four problem, the problem isn't big enough to give up the assets to acquire Chikrin. Yeah, there's no way I'd, I'd want uh, Chikrin. And I, it's not, not saying anything he's like a bad player or anything. It's just don't, don't, don't think he fits. It, it would be if, – if the Rangers had him, it'd be great. It's just you're adding a player that is – enhancing a unit that's already pretty good uh this is from maddie jack a legendary supporter uh if you had to cover one team outside the rangers based on this current season what team would it be and why i think the golden knights is, is an extremely interesting team to cover right now uh, you just want to talk more about jack eichel you I hate do. that we haven't talked about I him do. For a it's while. been a long time <laughs> it's been a long time really for thought he was me gonna for me i think it's the ducks boy there that's, that's a fun team this year and and I so, thought they were going to suck. I thought they were going they're to legit. They were supposed to be bad. And they are the opposite. And they're doing it in fun ways. Yeah. Turns out uh, Zagris is uh, quite the player. Who fucking knew, huh? Uh, yeah. In the East, I don't think I'd want to fall, especially in the Metro. I don't want to, I wouldn't want to cover anybody. Didn't Atlantic? Not really. I'd want to go out West. I'd probably want to cover. Um, I, I will say the Bruins would be interesting just because every week we'd have an identity crisis on the show talking about, you know, 
you wish you didn't you wish someone would tell you you're in the good old days while you're in them right the wild actually I, is a good one I'm angry, at the, I'm angry at the wild you are they've lost me money the last couple yeah, times that's I've why on then them. that's why then um all right uh question for ryan and greg if you had to choose it to answer during an interview fuck mary kills the binajad panarin and Kreider. we have a similar one from uh oh no no that was just the person answering okay yeah fuck mary kill Zabinajad, Panarin, Kreider. Uh, I'm probably marrying Zabinajad. I'm probably hanging out and uh, in bed with Panarin, and I'm probably killing Kreider, and that hurts to say. The only th- I would only fuck Zabinajad and marry Panarin. Babe, I, probably I think waking Panarin. up next to Panarin every day would be pretty cool. I would just smile. I would just smile. Uh, this is from Just Gypsy. Based on the cap situation and roster and contract, uh, contract makeup, has this season become the year? Free money to pay any rental. Okay, we really answered this question. Congratulations, Judge Jensen. We did 25 minutes on this. Uh, Willy Willy, it's playoff times. Kinkaid is the backup, and Igor is back in the saddle. Are there any teams in the Metro you would start Kinkaid against for your division competition? Nope. No, Igor if is... Igor's healthy. If Igor's healthy wearing the playoffs, he's playing 16. And I am Keith's agent. Uh, Igor, Igor will start. I wish, mm-hmm. I wish Keith the best. I wish him uh, a job in the NHL again. Hey, his name gets on the cup just the same if he's starter or backup. Doesn't matter. That's all that matters. Kyle, this is from Chris from Florida. Uh, where would you rank this team in terms of best Ranger teams over the past 10 years? What do you see real- as the realistic production for – oh, this is two different questions, Chris. I'm so sorry. Let's do the first one. Uh, so where do you rank them in the past 10 years? I think this team right now, uh, again, there's a lot more to be played, but I would say around third or fourth. Yeah, I, I – I can't do it until the year's over because uh, yeah, and I can't like, I can't make them more than 2015 or 2014 teams. They're just yeah. Not my answer to this question, if you ask me about the Mets last year at the end of May, is wildly different from my question answer at the beginning of October. I think this team. I'll, I'll say this, Chris, to kind of answer your question a little bit. I think this team has the potential to have way more firepower than any team in the last 10 years have had, and I don't uh, think yes. that's a hot take at all. Because there's they have the potential to score more than three goals a night, all while getting. Henrik Lundqvist level goaltending. Yep. Uh, and Chris also asked, what do you see there is realistic production for Kako and Lafreniere when they're in their primes? I still am. Uh, I don't really know what to make of Lafreniere a lot of the time. Um, I'm still trying to figure it out, but I do think Kako is going to end up being like a 50 to 60 point player that in the right wing. That's kind of like an elite uh, bubble all-star kind of player. And he's already right now uh, a tremendous NHL asset uh, comparatively to where he was two years ago. Will he end up being a star? That that could happen in the next two years for Kako. I, I I find it to be unlikely, but he's already a very, very extremely solid right winger in this league who I think can get 60 points, which is a great, great career, by the way. I'd say if, if we're at years 24, 25, 26 with Laugh and he's also not 60-plus, I'd be pretty surprised. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is from Tom Ertz, a good friend of the show. Including potential moves you, uh, you could see the team making in the future when it's all said and done, who do you think will be the top three players of the 2020s for the New York Rangers? Well, my answer would have been Eichel earlier this summer, and that's not the case anymore. Uh, here, here I am talking about him again. Uh, so uh, we can just go ahead and knock one off right away. Adam Fox is definitely number one. I, I think I think all three are pretty easy. It's Panarin. Panarin Adam, and Igor. And Igor. Yeah, I agree with you. I think those will be the top three. And uh, I don't – maybe Lafreniere could sneak in there if things really click for him. But I think the top three are just those those three with the names we already mentioned. I don't. I things would have to click with him on a Panarin level for him to beat Panarin. Is my my yeah. general take. Panarin is already like he's 
He's been a Hart Trophy candidate for the last four years. It's, it's incredibly yeah, hard to he's do a, that. He's a point-plus-per-game player. He's I, truly insane. Even my, my high goals and expectations I have for Lafreniere, under no circumstance do I expect him to match prime Artemi Panarin's production. Agreed. All right, let's. Uh, we're going to transition to some nonsense, and by that I mean we're going to talk baseball, and then I'm going to thank some Patreon uh, listeners at the end of the show. I won't be doing a Pokemon wrap this week, but I will do something special next week uh, for the holidays. Uh, Greg, let's talk. Oh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Over I mean, You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. Blah 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 blah. Please support us on Patreon. That's how we live. Uh, please buy us coffee or a beer slash etc. Happy holidays. Well, however you celebrate and take care of yourself. Let's talk about Buck Showalter uh, and the Mets because baseball is closed uh, you down. You just sound so excited. Uh, here's the thing. I I couldn't think of a more boring move. Here's the thing. I think every move was a boring move. Every, so boring. Every, of the three finalists, I didn't really care. I, I, I'll be I, I felt like he only got the job because Max Scherzer said his name. And you know what? That's all the reason you need. That I'm fine. Like That alone. If Scherzer... Was like I'm going to sign on this dotted line if you promise me Buck Showalter. Then for you year do one it. As my you manager. do it. I'd be like, cool. You do it. I don't give a shit. But I, I, I will, I'm I, so underwhelmed by. I, I've been and I'm. Gonna, oh, I'm not underwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. I, I'm gonna flame the Mets a little bit. I know that's fucking crazy. Oh. I am. Um, and I, I, I like Cohen as an owner. I, I, he, I like that he wants to win, and I like that he wants to spend. But since he mm-hmm. got here, I expected things to be a little different. Now, listen, I know it's only been a year, a year and a half, whatever it is. But when he came in, and I expected him to put the quote-unquote like right people into place, and I just don't think he's done that. Year one was a disaster for presidency uh-huh. and the GM. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I love saying he's still running everything. I'm I'm kind of down on all the organizational moves he's made in general. I think if he can get Stearns, like you've mentioned from Milwaukee, I'd be a lot more interested uh, on how the Mets are going to move forward but when it comes to actually just operational hires and managerial hires i've been totally out mm. you follow them day in and day out that's just, just just my feeling that's all it hasn't been a pretty process i will say i don't think theo was ever happening i think billy bean was very surprising from where i sit um and it, it i do think if if the brewers would let stearns leave he'd be here i i, I do think that's clear as day but since he has a contract that is yeah and i think that's clouding some things um i don't know what else the mets could have done last offseason they traded for francisco lindor then dropped a bag on him it's hard for me to be super critical of you know that offseason i i mean you, you how many times do you need me to tell you i said it thousands of times that i didn't want james mccann and i thought it was weird that the mets were so not just content, but willing to get that done early to do their other business. But if James McCann was the price of Francisco Lindor, like, I guess I pay it. Um, can't say I have any complaints about this offseason, at least from um, a player transaction standpoint. As you shouldn't. And I didn't want to talk about the players because I think the transactions have been good. But here's here, – well, here's my question then because this is kind of where I land, and it's where I landed in the little piece I wrote for our Patreon subscribers. Hey, nice, nice, nice. How important do you think a manager is in this day and age? Because I just don't think it's important. I, I think it's important in some respects of setting culture and 
and I know this is just man management. It's so old guy, but culture and building team chemistry is super important when it it's comes man, to it's man management. That's right? it. That that's essentially what a man, everything else because, a computer tells you to do. That, that's what Aaron yeah. Boone does. And Aaron Boone, I hate Aaron Boone. Sorry. Yankee it's fans. what as all your, everybody's complaints about Luis Rojas were actually complaints about Zach Scott in the process that I just, I want to make that clear. And I, I'm not a big enough Luis Rojas stand that blah, blah, blah. I will say this. I'm whelmed on buck. Uh, I'll be annoyed if the Mets just let Buck act like it's 1994 all over again. That's there. There are things that the Mets did well last year, like shifting that they need to keep doing that Buck Showalter generally has been against in the past. So that that's a big test for me. I'm not too worried about whether Showalter leaves Zach Britton in the bullpen like he did for the Orioles and their big playoff push, because again, I think every pitching decision is determined before the game is even played. They, they just map out, here's what we're doing in X, Y, and Z. It's on a sheet, and you follow the sheet. That's the what game. the Rays do. They have yeah, it. And it works. The Rays have um, everything planned out to the pitch. It's disgusting. Yeah, and listen, every, every bullpen move comes down to a reliever executing. It, it, we like blaming the manager for taking a guy out or leaving a guy in, but here's the thing. If the players perform, it's done. It's good. So I, I, I don't really – I can't worry about that. There will be six, ten – 12 games this year where something happens with the bullpen that I'm going to be annoyed with. And that's just baseball. Um, I will say this. I think more than ever, I am intrigued and give a shit about who the Mets bench coach is. Cause it, this does feel like a situation where the Mets want to identify an heir apparent and they want Showalter to groom him. And I've heard the name Carlos Beltran enough to think that it's possible. Beltran's interesting. I think he should have been here in general in the first place. Well, and he was, Ryan. I know. Uh, and from everything we've learned from that entire scandal, it seems like the Astros weren't the only one. They are cheaters, and they probably shouldn't have won the World Series. But it seems like there was a lot more we will never know about similar to steroids. Uh, and I don't think Beltran should have taken the brunt for that one. I really don't. So uh, hopefully Hinch he comes is back, back. Hinch is back. Cora yep. is back. I don't understand why Beltran can't come back. And I honestly let him be Buck's bench coach for two, three years. That's fine. Let him learn some of the whatever man management things that Buck Showalter apparently does to a T where even the New York media loves the guy. Let him learn that shit from Buck because I'm confident Beltron sees the game better than Buck Showalter. So I don't need him learning any of that shit. But the day-to-day operation of being a manager, if Buck Showalter is here to be a professor for three years, fine, whatever. But at the, at the same time, the Mets should be on paper good enough where the manager doesn't matter. They have Jacob DeGrom. Max Scherzer, Pete Alonso, fucking Francisco, Francisco Lindor. Lindor. Yep. This team, I could manage this team and it should win 90 plus games. If they don't, it's on the players. I just, I, I don't know. I think that would have been the same case if Espada was the guy. I think it would have been the same case if, what's that guy named? Quatoro? Yes. Yeah. Cool. I, it's, it's a dude. The players need to play. That's where I'm at. And I, the, I think the analogy I made with Rob is perfect. I see him as a Gerard Gallant. He's his X's and O's aren't going to be perfect. He's going to do shit that pisses me off, but the players sure seem to love him. And I think that's the perfect, perfect comparison. Agreed. All right. We're going to get out of here. I'm going to thank our Patreon subscribers and uh, thank all of you for sticking around. We'll be back later this week for uh, BSBOT. Um, I guess Wednesday afternoon that'll be up since there's no game this week. Something like that. Yeah. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure you'd want to do either Wednesday or Thursday. So you tell me what day you want to do. Well, I'll talk to you Wednesday afternoon, my friend. Uh, we'll, figure, we'll figure that out. Figure it out of time. All right. Thanks everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, all right, we're back. I want to wish a special happy holidays to all of you, 
Um, no matter where you're celebrating, please take care of yourself and uh, spend some time with your loved ones if you can and be safe about it. Very happy uh, to celebrate the holidays. I'm a big, big, big celebrate holiday guy, especially when it comes to the winter of Christmas. I own like 25 Christmas sweaters. I'm uh, There's a Blue Shirts Breakaway, like rare edition Christmas sweater that has giraffes on it and uh, menorahs and other stuff. Uh, very, very cool. So I want to take this time. Uh, usually I would do so. I'm going to start doing like more weird stuff at, at, uh, at the end of the shows. But I want to thank all of our Patreon subscribers, but especially the NHL Insiders group where we talk about all the latest news and all that stuff. Uh, and uh, it's become a really nice chat and part of my life. So uh, Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Cartulo, Adam Keach, Adam Gardner. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry, Alex. Alex Gardner, a- Amber Cohensberger, a- Austin Beetleman, Barbie Chris, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Figgis Malone, Brian Doyle, Bru- Broadway, Blue Shirt Bleeder, Chris Finelli, CJ Stelwig, and Dana Daniel, Dayzen, David Naradin, David Siegel, Dennis Dice, Eric Stag, Stag, Give Gardner a Cup, Gretzky, Gareth McFly, Handel, Harrison Hasco, Hip Hop Horror, Hey 89, George, Jake Berkowitz, Jerry Marquez, JD, Jamie Mack, John Hardesty, Justin Friedman, Christopher Florida, Christoph Burke, Kyle Franklin, Lazek, Gronkowski, Lou Giordano, Lucas K, Matthew Kine, Max Nielsen, Pavel Kodrev, Randy Tesser, Stephen Lomayer, Stig Bulbach, Swingard, The Drop BK, The Eric Carlson, Tommy Sinclair, Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, Upstate Vin, uh, Will Spector, Vinny Hay, and Vinny Bracco. Thank you all for being part of the NHL Insiders Club. And I hope you all have a have a happy, like I already said, a happy, wonderful holiday out there. Uh, Going to be a weird week without the Rangers, that's for sure. But I do think, uh, and listen, we don't know how long the league's going to be shut down, if it does shut down at all. We talked about that at the beginning of the episode. But the Rangers have played a lot of games here. I wonder if this would be, they would only miss one game versus Montreal in general. Uh, this is going to kind of be a blessing, not a blessing, because there's, there's no blessing in this situation, right? But this is a good thing for the Rangers' health Oh man, it's not even a good thing for the Rangers' health. That's not the case. I mean, if it's a pandemic, everybody, let's put it this way: they can rest their legs. The, the Rangers were playing a lot of games in a shorter period of time. This is going to allow them to practice right before the Christmas break, work out some kinks, come back strong, and hopefully play next Monday night versus the Detroit Red Wings, who have two of the hottest rookies in the last five years. And it will be very, 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 very fun to get back on the ice. Uh, I wish you all happy holidays one more time, and thank you all for the support. We'll be back next week. Love you all. Bye-bye. Explore Beyond the Stratosphere in Museum of the Bible's compelling exhibition, Scripture and Science, Our Universe, Ourselves, Our Place, in Washington, D.C., open now through January 15th. Featuring artifacts from trailblazers in history like Isaac Newton, Nicholas Copernicus, and hidden figures like Dorothy Vaughn, this exhibit guides you through groundbreaking discoveries and thought-provoking questions. Come and see how Scripture and Science have shaped our world. Get your tickets today at museumofthebible.org. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. 